What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today I was joined by a very special guest, the creator and founder of Strong Her Girls. I had Sal Naklawi on the podcast with me, and we had a great conversation around pursuing strength and how strength training can empower women. Not only that, but how it can be a benefit for mental health. We went into um, her story, Sal's story about overcoming anxiety and depression and how powerlifting and strength training uh, helped her. She, she had a therapist who told her that exercise could help with anxiety and depression, which I think is amazing. Um, I truly wish that more therapists would do that, although I don't want to assume that they're not. So let's just say that Sal was very fortunate to have that guidance um, at a young age and, and you know in the early stages of her journey. Uh, and now she's able to pay it forward and help other women through her program, Strong Her Girls, to get stronger, to you know focus on the things that you can do and just you know fueling appropriately and focusing on strength and performance. Um, I think that you guys are going to love this conversation. And if you do, we of course would love to hear about it. So the best thing to do is just take a screenshot of the episode and then post it to your stories on Instagram. And you can tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And you can tag Sal at strong her girls. So that's strong H-E-R girls. And enjoy the episode. All right, guys, I am joined today by a very special guest. I have Sal Naklali. Um, I'm sure I mispronounced your name. I'm sorry. I didn't have enough no, you got it. beforehand. But uh, first of all, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I know um, we've got some mutual friends in the industry. Um, and and I know that you're part of uh, Joe Coleman's group and I'm you know connected with Jason and there's like this whole little inner circle of people. So um, I had heard about you for a while and then have been following your content, which has been great. Just seeing everything that you put out. Um, I know that we're in alignment on a lot of things. So I'm, I'm excited to like jump in more to hear your story, which is usually where I like to start, just like the background and the evolution of, of why you got into this industry and how it all began. So, so why don't we start with that and just go from from the beginning and you know your whole your whole journey to where you are today. Yeah, of course. So I was born and raised in Morocco, um, and then my family moved to the states when I was a child. Um, so I was kind of back and forth between Morocco and the states growing up. And in, in an immigrant family, um, there's this mentality of you know you come here for a better life, you work hard, you go to school, and you'll be successful. Um, so surprise mom and dad, I, I went to school, did all that, um, didn't become a doctor or lawyer or anything like that, that they expected. Um, now I like run my own online fitness company, Stronger Girls. Um, but like growing up, I wasn't super athletic. I did martial arts on and off for a while. I wasn't really until college, until high school that I, I got more into athletics. Um, the summer before high school, I learned how to swim. So I went my whole life not knowing how to swim and then basically with a fish in the water, um, that entire summer, tried out for the varsity swim team, got onto the swim team, and like the rest was history. I swam all four years of high school, loved it, but just like going to like a not well-funded um, New York City public high school, there just wasn't enough like development for for athletes or anything like that. And just because there wasn't enough funding, like nobody talked about nutrition, nobody talked about like you know, we should be strength training so we can become better athletes. It was just like, okay, we'll go swim for two hours and, you know, we'll go eat honey buns and drink Arizona iced teas because that's 
that's what's fair. That's what's accessible. That's what's affordable. Um, when I got to college, I didn't swim anymore just cause like it was, it was intimidating to go to like the school gym and be surrounded by all these, these athletes that like knew what they were doing, but I just, I didn't go. Um, and I ended up just getting really depressed for a number of reasons. Like I was in an Ivy league school. There was this toxic work culture. Um, and I ended up being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And it wasn't really until my therapist was like, Hey, Sal, um, you know, something that can really help improve your mental health is exercise, going to the gym, that sort of thing. So I did the next logical step. I joined a powerlifting gym. <laughs> and that's where I learned how to, yeah, you know, just like when your therapist says join a gym, you, you go straight to like the, the black iron gym in Brooklyn, right? Of course, of course. Um, that's awesome. I, I feel like that's, uh, you know, you're fortunate to have a therapist who had that foresight because, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we don't hear that very often in, uh, and, and my experience is very limited. Um, I, I have been to therapy, but I have, uh, in, you know, in talking to other people um, who have suffered with anxiety, depression, um, it's not all that common to hear exercise prescribed or, or am I completely off on that? I mean, most therapists I had seen before and after were always just like, okay, we're going to put you on these meds. And I was like, is there anything else that we can try? You know, like lifestyle habit changes before just like putting me on these medications that might have these side effects that I don't want to have, especially like at a point in my life where everything is so transitional. I can call it like college is such like a weird time. Like you just, you're you're under a lot of stress. There's a lot of things happening. You don't know where you're going to be the next year, the whether it's like interning or like job stuff. Um, but yeah, nobody really talked to me about like those sort of lifestyle changes, except for that one therapist. She was like, you know, taking walks, um, mindfulness meditation. She was, she was more on the woo-woo side, um, which was, <laughs> which is why she was like, okay, let's exercise. Yeah. I love it. I'm hoping that the woo-woo side becomes more mainstream. And I think we're already starting to see that shift. Um, so what was, what were some of the things you noticed when you went to the powerlifting gym? Did you see, an immediate change? Like what were some of the benefits? And then did that, was that kind of like the catalyst for your wanting to end up, you know, like to, to becoming a coach or, or how did things kind of transpire from there? Yeah. So obviously like I learned how to do the the big lift, the compound lift, squat bench, deadlift, overhead press, that sort of thing. Um, but it was, it was still a struggle because nobody at the time, there weren't a lot of women in powerlifting. Like now there's a ton of women in powerlifting. It's awesome. But back then it was like, a ton of guys, maybe like two women training. Um, and then I'd typically be the only like person of color there, um, which was isolating, which is another reason why I started Stronger Girls. I was like, you know, there's no community for those of us who feel alone. So like, let me start that. Let me get that going. Um, but while training there, I also struggled with just like, I, I don't want to call it binge eating, but I just, I found comfort in food. Right. So I started gaining weight and 10 pounds turned into 20 pounds. And next thing I knew I had gained 50 pounds. Um, and it was a struggle. Cause like I, like my joints ache, like my confidence wasn't all that great because I just didn't look how I felt. Um, and none of my clothes fit me anymore. So like I was like doing everything, you know, doing all the diets, the yo-yo dieting, like things would work until they wouldn't. Um, and it was just like gaining and losing the same 10, 20 pounds over and over again. Um, and obviously like it didn't help that I wasn't like sleeping. I was stressed out all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I hired a coach, right. Cause I, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to keep it off on my own. Um, hired a coach to keep me accountable, 
he did like customized macro stuff, macro coaching for me. Um, and it was really helpful because I finally had like the accountability and the encouragement that I needed. Um, just having that support, like somebody telling me like, okay, here's what you need to eat to fuel and nourish your body for the sport that you're performing. Like I'd never had that in my life before, like whether it was like martial arts, um, which, you know, I was a kid. So like maybe talk about nutrition, um, varsity swim team, still no nutritionist um, or anything like that. But yeah, I just, I, I got that outside help and that was really helpful because I started losing the weight slowly um, and I was able to keep it off. So, you know, I lost the 10 pounds and then 20 pounds and then 30 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. And then I was, I did it um, through flexible dieting. So, you know, I was able to track my macros, eat what I wanted, um, ate things that I probably like shouldn't have. Like I ate a lot of fast food just cause like it fit my macros. And like looking back, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. I, I would have felt way better if I just ate, ate like nutrient dense, like actual food. Um, but that's, that's a whole other story. Um, and then in terms of strength training, you know, I started to value my body for what it can do rather than what it looks like, like throughout this process. Um, you know, like there's nothing like hitting like a, a heavy squat or like a heavy bench or a heavy deadlift or at least like a heavy for me squat bench deadlift. Like my numbers are, are like nowhere near competitive, but they're competitive for me. And I like not to be too cheesy, but like I'm on my own competition, you know, like it's fun to like go into the gym, hit your PR, um, work really hard, like your next mesocycle and then, you know, test again and see where you're at. Um, and that really helped me fall in love with myself, what I can do. And just like it helped me build confidence because it was really just coming from the inside out. Right. I was able to build confidence in one aspect of my life and like it, it transfers over like the things that we do at the gym or the things that we do on the mat aren't just going to stay on the mat or in the gym. They're going to go to other parts of your life. Um, and I really just fell in love with lifting because, you know, as I, I, like I said, like, as I got stronger inside the gym, like I also got stronger outside of the gym. I really just became like a, a strong, confident woman that like I knew was within me. Um, and then at that point, other people started noticing and they were like, yo, Sal has like blown up. Um, I want to get like Sal. And like they would come to me and be like, hey, Sal, can you teach me how to lift? Or like, can you teach me how, you know, you got like muscles? Um, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not like certified or anything, but like I can give you a couple pointers. Um, and, you know, we would exchange, like I wasn't on the meal plan at the time. So my friends would like swipe me into the dining hall in exchange for like me teaching them how to like squat and bench. So that was like the start of my entrepreneurial journey. I love it. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. That's Wait till I tell you. Go ahead. So uh, what I love about that is like you, you kind of took the stance of like more from a position of empowerment and focusing on the things that you can do, uh, which is why I love strength training to begin with, which is like takes the focus off the scale. You know, we've been so conditioned to think of, well, I need to eat less and take up less space. And, and when I say we, I should really be saying women, like our, our society is very much about like, you know, don't, don't take up too much space and, and deprive yourself and eat less and be smaller. And strength training has, you know, given this like source of empowerment to be like, no, let's focus on how strong you are and what you're capable of and all the things that you can do instead of this restrictive mindset. Um, and I also, I think it's great, your, your story, it's very powerful because if somebody were just following you and looking at your content, um, they might assume that you've just always been athletic and fit and, and like, you know, the, the kind of, 
I always think about it like from the iceberg perspective, like you only see what's on the tip of the iceberg or what's, uh, you know, there's like a whole, whole story underneath. And um, I get that comment a lot with people who are like, you know, oh, well, you know, they almost forget that, you know, I was once significantly overweight that I had lost 80 pounds at one point. And it's almost like, you know, that part of the story uh, really is, is an important piece of, of context to really like show the fact that it wasn't just that you were lacking confidence and um, we're, we're kind of like feeling a little bit like, you know, like you mentioned a little bit alone, but that um, you, know, you were able to use nutrition, you were able to use exercise as this source of confidence, empowerment, and, and like basically proving to yourself what you already knew that you said was, was already within you, but it was like bringing it out to the forefront, which I think is amazing. So, um, you know, as you were kind of going through that, like flexible dieting, macro tracking, you kind of alluded to it, but sometimes there's the the dark side of macros where it can become uh, a little bit obsessive, or it can be like the the mindset of like, well, I can just eat whatever I want as long as it fits my macros. Um, how did you transition to something, or or did you continue doing more of the flexible approach? But like, what's your take on just making that more of like a sustainable process? What was it like for you that I've, I guess like, what do you feel like was the um, was the reason for being able to keep the weight off to make it more of a lifestyle change? What were some of the evolutions that you experienced along the way? Yeah, that, that's such a good question. Cause when you're in college, your body, especially when you're younger, your body, you can throw at it, like whatever, like tons of volume, you can eat whatever. And in my experience, like I recovered fine. Um, I felt fine, but like looking back, like I know I could have felt so much better. Um, I guess, you know, I, I didn't want to track so strictly anymore because that's what I was doing. I was tracking, making sure to hit all my numbers for the day. Um, and that was fine, but it was just like, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So now I take a much more like flexible tracking approach, if you will. Um, I think that's what my friend Lori Christie King, um, Lori Christie King calls it flexible tracking. Like she wrote a post on it, but basically I focus more on tracking calories and, um, protein, um, and that will just get me to where I need to go without like obsessing over all the other numbers. Right. Cause I really, I just, I need to make sure I'm hitting my calorie goal for the day and my protein goal for the day. So that way I can maintain my muscle, um, and feel good. Right. So I try not to like focus too much on the other numbers. Um, but there are seasons in my life where, you know, I'll track a little bit more closely if like I'm on a weight cut or if I'm, if I'm bulking or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just making sure I'm getting in enough, fuel so I can like train and like not bonk down in the middle of the workout. Um, that's where I've been based on it. Right. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you're, you're focusing on fueling adequately enough and like actually making sure that you're, you're getting in enough calories and not like the emphasis on like the, the restrictive side of things. I think the, the protein and calories approach is a good one. That's something that, you know, we use pretty frequently. And then also just looking at like weekly averages being more important in the long run, like one day is not going to make or break your progress. Um, and I love what you said about phases of life. Like, I think that is such an important message. There are times where it's okay to be a little bit more specific and dialed in. And there's times where it's okay to be a little bit more laid back. And, you know, typically I, I go through the same thing. Um, there's certain times where I do want to dial things in and I do want to like, you know, I want to look better just for vanity purposes, like in the summer and, and, you know, and then I can loosen up a little bit at times where I don't care and I can, you know, cover up with a little more clothes, but you know, it's just, 
understanding the phases, understanding it's okay to have some built-in flexibility throughout the process. Um, so you mentioned like you're doing a little bit of kind of an exchange with some friends who are asking like, Hey, you know, what did you do to get your results? You look good. I want to, you know, I want to know what's going on. And you, uh, we're kind of exchanging to uh, get your swipe into, uh, you know, to the meal plan and everything like that. So um, how did it kind of evolve or at what point did you realize that, you know what, uh, I might, you know, this is something I really am passionate about and I want to pursue this like as, as a career. Yeah. So shortly after that, I got certified. Um, I took the USA weightlifting L1 course with Mike McKenna, who is amazing. Um, so that was my certification process. Um, and I just continued like doing continuing ed, taking courses, taking certifications. Um, and then I started doing online programming for friends that I had taught how to lift because they knew the list. They just needed like a structured program. Um, and they didn't necessarily need like accountability or support. They just needed well-written programming that they can follow on their own. So I did that for a while. Um, and then I ended up dropping out of college. Um, long story short, I went back. Um, and then I went to a new college and it was there that I started getting more involved in athletics. Um, I joined the rugby team. Um, I was teaching like a strength and conditioning class for the boxing club. I ended up teaching a PE course called intro to powerlifting, which was awesome. Cause I, literally just had all my friends in the gym um, and I was teaching them all the power lifts and then they kept it up on their own. Um, and to this day, they'll send me videos and be like, Hey, I just hit like this PR and squat. Hey, I just hit this PR and bench. Like thank you so much for teaching me this. And it's like so amazing to, to like have been like a, a, I'm still a young 20 something year old, but to have been a young 20 something year old in college, um, teaching all these folks how to, to do these lifts and feel empowered it, or just give them the tools to empower themselves. Um, in their own bodies and then to, for them to continue that process afterward is just like so fulfilling um but yeah I was applying for like desk jobs after college um and I didn't have a job lined up after college so I kept doing the online coaching thing um, I worked at a gym for a little bit and then I ended up working on a lab um after a while I started fitness modeling and then that picked up so it was at a point where I was working through different jobs I was running stronger girls I was working at a lab um, and I was fitness modeling and I was like, something's got to go because my stress levels are astronomically high. Um, so I left that job at the lab and just went all in on stronger roles, went all in on fitness modeling. And that is what I do now. And that's sort of the trajectory. Um, yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Um, so with stronger girls, what, it, what would you say, like, you know, is the, I guess, motto or what are your values or what do you try to instill in the community of women that you're working with? Like, what would you say is the um, kind of the whole purpose of Stronger Girls and, and, and why you wanted to create that program? Mm -hmm. That is a good question. Um, so I, oh, where'd you go? Sorry, the Zoom disappeared, um, but I'm back. <laughs> but basically I, like I said, when I was a recreational power lifter, like I just, I didn't have that community of folks that came from like a similar background. Um, so I created that community and it originally I started it as a space for women to come together, learn how to strength train um, and, to and to continue that journey, right? So it's not just like you're doing it alone. You have these folks who have gone through similar struggles and are going through it with you. Um, and then within that process, I also started Stronger Girls, the movement. Um, 
And that's more to teach girls, women, and people of marginalized identities how to be strong from the inside out. So I'll do community classes um, where we do like strength training, um, movement, mindfulness, and introspection. And that's like the basis of the classes. And we'll also, what we also did this summer um, was we taught classes um, for New York City public school students who didn't have like a PE class anymore because, you know, their, their whole day is like spent on Zoom um, and a lot of like PE programs were cut and that sort of thing. So we provided that. And by we, I mean me because <laughs> I keep saying we because it it feels right to say we because like I, I can't do this alone. And it's like the community that has supported me, like the Stronger Girls Squad from day one, right? But it's just like me behind my laptop all day trying to not go crazy and trying to just like... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Amazing that um, you've been able to bring that to to so many people, and and it's definitely needed. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple times. You've mentioned you know mindfulness, you know meditation. You've mentioned your own kind of journey with struggling with anxiety, depression, and um, the therapist that you you know spoke with who encouraged you to to exercise and walk and do meditation. What you know? How do you now look at that as part of like the overall piece of the puzzle when it comes to like empowering, you know, the, the stronger girls community or just anybody that you're working with. Um, is that something that you kind of already just, you work that into the process. It's something that you educate on. Like, what do you feel? I mean, I think it's kind of, I kind of know, you know, or I, I can make an assumption, but like, how do you integrate that into your process? Yeah. So I think a lot of folks nowadays are super stressed, whether it's, um, you know, the pandemic, which is like the collective trauma on all of us, whether it's like commuting to work and like getting back into the office, if you have kids, like that, it's like, there, there's a lot going on. Um, and one thing that I truly believe in is the power of your mindset, right? It wasn't until I learned how to push my mental boundaries that I could push my physical boundaries. And I think a lot of folks have like limiting beliefs where it's like, I can't do this or no, like I'll never be good at that. Or like this person is lucky or this person is that. And it's, it's, it's a lot of like changing this mindset to reflect that, you know, you know what, maybe I can try this. Maybe I can do this. And like, you, you won't, you won't know until you try, but going back to like mindfulness meditation, just like being able to sit still with your thoughts and see what comes up. Um, you know, accept what you, what you want to keep. And then like the things that you want to change, confront that and like, think about the ways that you can change it. So it's not just like you being mean to yourself inside, inside of your head, um, which is what tends to happen with a lot of women, right? A lot of women will come to me wanting to change their bodies because they don't like the way they look. Um, they don't like the way they feel, but I think it's really hard to, to, be on that, that process to getting strong and loving yourself um, if you're constantly at war with yourself, right? So I think meditation, mindfulness, and just like being able to, to like sit still, think about what's going on, um, you know, writing it out, journaling, like going for long walks. Um, I'm always thinking about my laws, which stand for long ass walks. And that's like a mindfulness journey for me. You know, I, I'll, it's either in silence with my headphones on so nobody talks to me on the streets of New York or um, I'll like play a podcast and that sort of thing. Just like, that's like when I, I'm my most creative. That's when I like think about like what's going on, like 
in my life, what will change for the better, that sort of thing. Um, so these are things I always encourage my clients to to take on. Obviously not all at once because it doesn't work, but you know, like a three minute mindfulness meditation when you start the morning. If you hate meditating, don't do it. You know, there's other ways to be mindful. Um, you know, journaling and not even like three pages of like morning journaling, bullet points. Like do what you can because I think when you have um, beginners to the space coming into it, like it can feel very overwhelming. And just like speaking for myself, like it felt like I had to like meditate for 20 minutes to get the results that I wanted to get, which isn't true, you know? And also just like telling the beginner to meditate for 20 minutes, like that's not going to have like the best outcome. They're just going to end up hating like sitting there for 20 minutes and then just like agonizing. But you know, maybe they can meditate for like three minutes. Maybe they can meditate for one minute. Maybe they, they'll do like a mindfulness walk, that sort of thing. So it's, it's really about like seeing what works for you, your body, that sort of thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the important part of that is you mentioned like seeing what comes up in terms of your thoughts and and then kind of challenging that. So I think oftentimes we get caught up in this mindset of whatever we think is just automatically fact, which most of the time it's not. It's just like you said, it's a, a limiting belief or something that we've been kind of conditioned to believe. And we've never actually taken the time to challenge where that thought came from, or if it's even rooted in any sort of fact. And so just taking that time to yourself, even if it is on a walk, even if it is, you know, when you're listening to music or something, doing something else and you have these thoughts and it's like, wait a minute, is this even true? Is there another way that I could, you know, re rewrite this narrative that is more in line with what I want to accomplish? Um, you had mentioned for yourself that you had to push through some mental boundaries so that you could push through some physical boundaries. What were some of the ways that you did that? Or what were some of the, the mental boundaries or mental um, kind of limiting beliefs that you had to push through personally? Yeah, a lot of it for me was I can't. Like this idea of like, I'm not good enough. Like I could never do that. And it was like, I hadn't even allowed myself the opportunity to try but here I was just being like super mean to myself and be like no you can't do this you can't even try it because you're gonna fail and I guess it goes back to this idea of being a perfectionist right like I, I went to like really intensive undergrad um schools and I, I had like this perfectionist ideology ingrained in me right so it was like if I'm not good at it I'm just not gonna do it um which is like the worst mentality to go into strength training with right you're not automatically going to be good unless like, you know, your parents were like Olympians or something. Um, but what are the chances that my parents were not Olympians? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, I think but, um, we often, we often think about, again, like we mentioned this in the beginning, but it's, we often think of the things that we can't do when it comes to nutrition. It's like, all right, I have this list of things that I can't eat. Or when it comes to like, you know, I hear this all the time when a client has an injury, it's like, okay, obviously there's certain times where we need to actually rest and recover. But I'm saying most of the time the mindset is like, well, I have this injury, so I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's like, is there, what are the things that you can do? Can you walk? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Let's focus on the positives. Let's focus. And sometimes it's just like our default mindset of like listing out all of the negatives before uh, we, we catch ourselves in that. I think that's where the mindfulness, the meditation, the sitting with your thoughts, sometimes it, it just brings those patterns to light. And it's like, oh, actually, 
I do have this tendency to only think about the things that I can't do. Let me try and flip that around. And again, you mentioned it, like if you're a beginner, it takes work. It's it's a process just like anything else, just like putting in reps to get better at deadlifting. At first, it's probably not super, you know, comfortable and and natural. It's not something that you might just, you know, grab a bar, pull it off the ground with perfect form. You might have to practice for a while. So just like uh, with deadlifting, same thing when you're putting in reps in terms of like mindfulness, meditation, journaling, finding the thing that feels right for you and allows you to, you know, sit with those thoughts and then challenge some of those, you know, limiting beliefs. Um, so, you know, now that you've, you've kind of built, you know, this community and um, you, you've got the, the Stronger Girls program and, um, and then you're still doing the fitness modeling, uh, what do you feel like is on the horizon for you? Or what are some things that you look forward to in the future that you're currently working on building um, and things that you are just excited about in general? So this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. I'm like, what are what are the next steps, right? Because like Stronger Girls is doing really well, which I'm super excited about. Um, I do want to continue growing and expanding. Um, my goal is to reach at least a thousand women this year, um, hopefully more, you know, and just give them the tools to empower themselves through strength. Um, I'd love to hire folks, you know, and continue growing my team. So that way there's other folks who believe in, in the work that I'm doing. Um, and want to, to share that work with others. Um, so that way we can have a greater impact on the world. Um, as far as fitness modeling goes, I'd love to continue modeling for major brands. Um, I recently modeled for Nike and like Lulu and TWX, which has been like a, a really great blessing. And, you know, just um, thinking back to like college me. And like, if I, if I went back and was like, hey, Sal, like one day you're going to own your own company. Um, it's going to be great. You're going to be impacting the lives of women all over the world. Um, you're going to be modeling for major brands like Nike. She's like, who are you? Like, are you drunk? Go home. <laughs> like, she was, like, this would have never been like a possibility for me um, if, I, if I had told col- myself at college um, this. So it's, it's still, like, it, sometimes it feels surreal. But then I'm like, whoa, this is, this is real life. Like, wow. Yeah. You know I- what I mean? I can fully relate to that, <laughs> except you definitely had, you know, your stuff together way more than I did. It sounds like from in my college, me was just, I had no direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do, or I had no idea what was going to happen. I was pretty much just like, yeah, I was completely lost at that point. And, uh, but it led me to where I am today. So I certainly don't regret it. I think that sometimes we have to take this very, uh, circuitous path to get to where we want to go. And, um, you know, fortunately, you know, we ended up where we are now. Um, you, I, I want to kind of wrap up with, um, you know, some of the things that we talked about in the beginning, which are, what are some of the tools that you use now, or, or I guess like where you're at today with anxiety, depression. I believe that it's Mental Health Awareness Month, um, so I thought that that would be a good topic just to kind of wrap things up in terms of like what has been the most helpful for you, or if you were to tell yourself, um, you know back when you were really in the depths of it, um, what would be the best advice you would give to yourself if there's somebody else that is struggling out there with anxiety, depression, and kind of looking for something to you know, help them move forward? Uh, what kind of advice would you give? I would tell them, you know, you're not a burden. Asking for help is a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. 
it took me a really long time, like an embarrassingly amount of, of time. <laughs> Can we cut that out at all? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You're good. It took me like an embarrassingly long amount of time to, um, to be like, Hey, I need help. Like I'm really struggling. I can't do this alone. And it was, you know, this idea of perfectionism, like I need to continue being the straight A student. Like nobody, nobody can know that like, this is how I feel on the inside, like that I'm really struggling because then they're going to think less of me, but it wasn't the case. Like once I sought help, then folks were like, Hey, Sal, like, you know, we didn't know that you were struggling. Like, thank you for being like courageous and vulnerable enough to talk about this. And I was able to get the help that I needed through, you know, therapy, um, that sort of thing. But if you don't ask for help, you're not going to receive it. And that's, that's the hard part. And I, I, I really encourage anybody who's struggling out there to, you know, reach out to either a mental health care worker um, that you can work with, whether it's a, a mental health therapist um, or a psychiatrist, that sort of thing. Um, and that's really like the first step to, to getting better because, you know, then you could like do talk therapy or whatever works for you in that way. But you got to ask for help in order to receive it. And the same thing goes for your fitness journey, right? Like when you realize you can't do it alone, like asking for help is hard. Like nobody wants to ask for help. Um, but like I said, sometimes it can be seen as like the sign of weakness, but it's, it's really not. It's like, it's, it's really like accountability and like owning, owning your life and like yourself and being like, you know what? Like I'm struggling with this. I can't do it alone. I need help. And I, I think that's like such a sign of like maturity and growth in a person to be like, to take ownership of that. Absolutely. 100%. Like being able to ask for help, being able to say like, you know what, this is something that's really important to me. So I'm going to invest in the accountability, the support, the guidance that I need. Um, oftentimes we feel like there's some level of guilt or shame associated. And I know because I felt this personally, like I should be able to figure this out on my own. So what's wrong with me? And nothing's wrong with you. Um, it's that life can be pretty challenging and we all have different things going on. And like you mentioned, we're, we're you know, there's a lot of stress that most people are under on a daily basis. So the fact that you're not, you know, exactly where you want to be is not a sign of weakness. It's just, you know, being able to understand that it's okay. There, there are people who, you know, are experts in their field for a very specific reason. It's because they can provide the support, the accountability. And I think that the parallel between, you know, asking for help when it comes to mental health, asking for help when it comes to your fitness, nutrition, um, it's the same thing. I completely agree. It's 100% a sign of strength. Um, I think that's a, you know, such a great message to kind of wrap up with. Um, I want you to tell everybody uh, where they can follow you, you know, where they can connect with you, learn more about your program and just stay up to date on everything that you've got going on. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at strong, her girls, at strong H E R girls. Um, you can also find us on our website. So strongergirls.com. Sign up for my email list. Um, that's where you get all the, the major insights on all things neuroscience, strength, um, health and wellness delivered right to your inbox. Um, I have a group coaching program launching soon. Um, I'm currently taking one-to-one clients if you want to work with me. And yeah, I'm just excited to, to connect with you all on there. Thank right. you for having me, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. I will post all of that in the show notes. Um, everybody definitely go follow Sal, get on the email list and uh, follow her on Instagram and stay up to date on everything that she's doing. Cause uh, some of the, you know, your content, I 
I follow, I don't read a lot of content on Instagram. So anytime, um, you know, I do notice that content sticks out, it's usually a sign that you're doing something right. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show and we will talk very soon. Yeah, sounds good.